Welcome, folks, to episode 30 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known as True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy, a.k.a. Can you smell what the MOD is cooking? <laughs> oh, my phone just went off then, just as you did that. And so did mine. That's yeah, James that's, that's James Bloor telling us he can, in fact, smell what the MOD is cooking. Yeah. Uh, that's good timing yeah that is good timing yeah yeah very good james well done yeah well so that's clearly very a very topical aka uh, this week try my best yeah absolutely a topic which we were plan on discussing um in a few moments absolutely but before we do let's get all you know the general introduction section stuff out the way so how are you today andy very very well indeed how are you Oh, sorry. You know what? That was bad timing. I just slurped on my brew. <laughs> you asked me. I thought you'd go on for a bit longer than that. Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. You know, I'm a bit discombobulated because we're not recording on our normal night. I don't really know what's going on right now. I know, because I'm off to sunny Spain. Yes, indeed you are. Indeed you are. Fever Spania. Yeah, before making your way over to Slovakia. Indeed. Yeah, it's a round trip. <laughs> well you're in the general neck of the woods aren't you i'm very concerned this isn't recording have you definitely got yours going uh yeah mine's definitely going right my skype's doing funny things it, it still says connecting like we've not like you've not actually answered the call oh right. well i'll be in spain so it'll be locked up in my house with no access but it'll be recorded <laughs> well we'll see so you might be listening to this completely out of sync folks for all i know absolutely yeah yeah so uh, what have you been up to uh, my man in the last two weeks since we played oh playing a lot of dice masters global escalation yeah and uh, helping as you have james Bloor, current central european national champion uh, to uh, to brew and and get ready for the nationals, which as we record is the weekend coming. As this comes out, it just just happened, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it will have. Yeah, yeah, it will have done. We're hoping to, of course, as usual, get a little bit of coverage if we can. But the turnaround time clearly they played their nationals just yesterday. The turnaround time is going to be too quick for us to get uh, the stuff out. So uh, come back in two weeks and hopefully, fingers crossed, if our inside man has remembered <laughs> to get us some audio, <laughs> we'll have something for you. Uh, but yeah, there's so uh, a few games with James. Look, keen to retain his title, so he's been getting his reps in. Although why on earth he came to us pair for that practice, I don't know. No, no, I've no idea. But uh, we can help if we can. Yeah, he's been walking all over me. I think uh, I misjudged it and just went with some janky global escalation stuff I wanted to play around with. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, oh, right, that's actually like a full-on tournament team. Whoops. Yeah, he's, he's definitely had his practice in. He took me apart quite a lot of the time as well. Well, that's, you know... Part of the course now, these yeah. days. Yeah, part of the course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. And anything non-Dice Masters related you've been up to? No, not really. No. no, no 40k, no Warhammer CCG. No, very little, very little. Been all work and no play for for this little boy. Oh right, fair enough. How about you, mate? What have you been up to? How about me? Well, yes, as you've just mentioned, we, we've obviously been playing our, our hangout games. Myself, uh, yourself. We've had a few games with James. Uh, I had my my regular games down at the FLGS. We played. What did we play this week? 
Oh, we played um, every card on your team must have a global oh. down at the FLDS uh, on the Tuesday just gone, which was much more of a team building challenge than I think we initially expected when we had a little chat about the theme the week before and, and put it together. And I went with, what did I go with? Oh, um, Hulk, Power of Attorney, you know, the one that does the two damage. Yeah, I know that one. Maximum. And I paired it up with, um, we, we were playing Golden, and I paired it up with Mr. Fantastic Elastic Dude. I forget the subtitle, but the one with the global on that's the fourth Force attack. attack. And yeah. then I had Casey Jones, the one that makes sidekicks force block. And so I was getting my Hulk out in the field and then just forcing attacks and blocking them with Mr. Elastic, Mr. Fantastic. And uh, in my turn, attacking with my Casey Jones and forcing my opponent's sidekicks to block as a route to, to making my characters damaged so that the Hulk would go off. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. that Hulk is, uh, is a nasty piece of work. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, had to, um, I had a couple of tough matches. It was hard work. My man Duncan down there had a great little team. He was g- getting in my way quite a bit using... He had Sam Wilson with the global, you know, the shield that prevents a point of damage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was uh, both slowing my Hulk down and also stopping me from getting my characters damaged. <laughs> which was like, oh, my God, come on. It's like Casey Jones is just trying to kill that sidekick and that sidekick... It, it just wants that psychic to hit him and it's it's not happening um so that was good yeah and a bit of global escalation online with yourself and james in the non-dice masters world oh well here's the thing for you mate uh, just to stray off dice masters for a minute and go on a, on a little random tangent uh, some listeners may have even seen my facebook post so for my birthday which was a couple of weeks ago now Happy my birthday. thank you very much my brother and sister-in-law bought me a copy of bears versus babies which is a, a card game i think it's been around for a while but it's a card game that's made by the exploding kittens dudes and i had my eye on it for a little while it's a bit of a novelty game it's the one with the furry box some of you folks might have seen it hanging around <coughs> oh bless that. you what was that that's me and can can i drink oh can i drink again <laughs> again what have i told you andrew um and so it arrived in the post they ordered it off amazon and i opened it up and something just didn't feel right about it all you know the the play map was a bit shoddily made and the printing quality of the cards was a bit off and just something didn't feel right you know like, like the way the cards were wrapped in the plastic that was wrapped around the cards just didn't feel right mm. so i took a few pictures and sent them off to the game's publishers and, and they got back to me and said uh, yeah we think you've been a victim of of game forgery yeah so um somebody over in the orient has essentially and it's as far as you know imitations go as a facsimile of the game it's really super accurate i've checked the cards against the card list in the box and it's all the right cards and stuff it's just not quite as good in production quality but then it all got a bit complicated because then they were like well we'd like to know which amazon seller it was that you got it from because we want to stay on top of this stuff. And then I didn't really want to go back to my brother <laughs> and say, um, yeah, I am eight. And so it's a bit dodgy, this one. But uh, anyway, it all sorted itself out in the end. And Amazon picked up the slack on sorting it out. But yeah, really fascinating, that one. Yeah, Bears versus Babies. So the, the replacement copy arrived the other day and plan on giving that a play. And another game of Nefarious. I think I mentioned that last episode. Nefarious, did you? What's that? Yeah, the Mad yes, Scientist you- one. Yes, yes, you did. 
Yeah, which is just a real a quick, punchy kind of thing. It's, it's not the most deep of games. The, the strategy will wear thin after too much play, but it's good for getting out. A couple of punchy games last about 20 minutes, especially when it's just me and the competitive wife playing, you know. Um, so that was pretty good. Yeah. So that's my, my non-Dice Masters related stuff there as well. Mm, cool. Loads of gaming in. Yeah, lo- yeah, tons of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing Measure the Carry-On Suitcase to check that it's actually going to be a carry-on suitcase and we don't get charged extra when we get to the airport. Oh, yeah, you got to watch that stuff, man. you got to watch that. They're, they're, they'll have you as well. It's not like a casual thing where you can just sort of get your case on. I've been going no. out with that a few times. Taking my uh, tape measure down to Primarni, measuring all the suitcases, 55 by 35 by 20, including wheels and handles. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure it'll probably be a problem, but uh, under, I, have, I think it's under anyway. Find out. There's something riveting for you to hold on to for the next two weeks. Yeah, thanks, man. I was just, um, it, it can't possibly take up that much baggage room to pack a couple of mankinis and, and a can of deodorant, can it? No. No, no. <laughs> no, my mankinis don't take up much room. Well, actually, they do. Just, they are filled. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping the weather's nice and then it's just a couple of pairs of shorts, a couple of t-shirts and yeah, uh, some yeah. swimmers yeah. and the speedos. There's um there's a, there's quite a, there's a little bit of a Spanish scene still knocking around in the world of Dice Masters. If anyone's listening, give Andy a shout. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to interrupt his romantic getaway with the good lady. <laughs> yeah, she'd love that. She's Actually, lady she's probably, England. She probably would after the second day. Get rid of me for a bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Wow, yeah, okay. So there, there's um, lots going on. Andy's going on holiday, and Chris has been playing some games and has been the victim of Chinese board game fraud. It's uh, It's been a couple of nationals go on since we last spoke, haven't we? There was the yeah. Australian national. Indeed. And another Mexican. one. Mexican. That's it, Mexican one. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's quite exciting. And yeah. both both of them, very nicely, had a gentleman's agreement and we had no you ante. Yes, I saw that. I saw that knocking around on Facebook. I mean, that's 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 interesting, for sure. Uh, the guys over in Central Europe as well, just as a side note, uh, were of the opinion that the choice to use Global Escalation as the format for their nationals was a step, basically, to take the Yuanti off the table, which is a curious move. Mm. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd zoomed in on a couple of the teams and stuff because there was quite a few photos taken of both of them, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, I noticed in the Australian one, Mimic Ramp was, I think, on pretty much every team. Well, it's very effective, for sure. Yeah, it's blinding, so yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but there's yeah. a good variety all the way through the teams. Yes, that's right. You didn't happen to make a note as to who the winners were. No. No. But I've heard that the guy who won the Mexican Nationals was Mexican and the guy that won the Australian Nationals was Australian. Oh, okay. That, yeah, sure. I'm about 80% sure that's correct. Yeah, so no no overseas invaders no. coming over and taking their, their championship titles. Saying that, I was there and I did, I, I did notice that. <laughs> I was forgetting that I was there for both of them. 
Well, yes, yes, you were, and what a, what a great event you had indeed. Uh, right, you know what? You know what we need to do now. Body slam our way into the next segment. No, it's, it's time for the uh, who are you? Oh crap! I forgot about that. Where's my phone? Yeah, it's time for the who are you. So I'm not sure whether this week is a who are you pass or fail. Oh, I haven't got a clue either. So the location where we had the most listening was Everett in the United States. In where was it? Snoo 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 Snoobra Snoobra Snowdonia. I don't know. Somewhere county. And uh, we, we, we had Zach on our last episode. Zach from Dice Masters with James and Zach on YouTube. Can Zach drop me a note saying that he may have listened to the episode while he happened to be in Everett. <laughs> so I don't know if that counts or not. You listened to nine episodes. Well, no, there's clearly more than just Zach listening. But he was doing yeah, it when he came out of the woodwork to say... We are your your listener. Let's take it as a win. We're going to take it as a win? Yeah. All right, well, you know, I'm comfortable with that. That's fine. So that's 2-1 to Who Are You Win. Let's have the little uh, cheer now. Very good. Yeah, little who, who Are You Win. So let's take a look at this week then. This week. Should we, um, should we do the last 30 days for this one? If you want, yeah. If you want. Yeah. So I've just got to give a little call out to Paul and Seth, Team Fullwood. Paul and Seth have just recently been on holiday to Africa. They've been to Kenya. Hmm. And I saw them down at the FLGS. I play regularly with Paul and Seth down at the FLGS. And they said to me, um, oh, we were a little disappointed. We were hoping to get a call out on the podcast last week. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Well, why is that? You've not been playing the last two weeks. You've been on holiday. They said, well, yeah, but we downloaded every single episode <laughs> while we were in Kenya in the hope that you would go, oh, wow, look, we've had a massive spike in Kenya. So I was like, oh, no, well, that, that – that didn't show up on the stats. And I thought maybe it's because we look every two weeks and, and we'd missed it. It was the week in between. Right. But Paul and Seth, I'll, I'll speak, probably speak to you before this, but I've discovered why. My question to you is, did you actually listen to any of the episodes? Because I think it records listens, not downloads. Yeah, I think I think it's a bit hinky anyway. The last 30 days, if you go back, Nairobi in Kenya, there's two. That doesn't seem right, does it? No, there's clearly more Kenyans listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> However, the top city is uh, curious in the last thirty days. I know, and beating. We don't give. We won't give out the uh, the numbers, but it is over three times the amount of listeners than the next one on the list. Yes, that's right. So this week, who are you? We'll put the little who are you sound in now, shall we? Oh yeah, yeah. We should have done that before it. Yeah, we'll do it now. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, this week, if you're out there, if you'd like to have a shout-out on our next episode of the podcast, if you are a listener in Amsterdam in the Netherlands... How cool is that? Indeed, absolutely. If you're listening, huhorata het met jou. Smoking a pancake. Uh, yeah, they're probably smoking summit. They <laughs> are, they listened to us that many times. Yeah, I'd say, it, yeah, maybe, well, maybe we're a, a great experience in a, in a Dutch coffee shop. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we're just what they need during their recreational activity. 
I went to Amsterdam. I've got a Dutch friend. Went and visited them. This was many years ago now, and they introduced me to a drink called Halavoom, which is like a this really half a dark ale and half a pale ale mixed together. You know, two mm-hmm. halves. Um, and it was a really interesting drink. It certainly sped up the process of drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> when you say interesting, is that a nice way of saying it wasn't very nice? Uh, well, yeah, it was a, the taste was a, was was curious to say the least. However, it was uh, it was a great great drink. But uh, yeah, so um, who are you? Who that's are like, you? That's like when I was a student and I used to drink snake bite with black. Snake bite and black, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was basically rocket fuel for an eighteen-year-old Chris. Anyway, uh, so if you're in Amsterdam, if you're in the Netherlands, then give us a shout, drop us a message. If you go to Facebook, uh, search for the Ministry of Dice. Go to the blog, BritRoller6.com, and hit Contact Us, or find me on Twitter, the BritRoller Mr. Six. Let me know who you are, and you can get a shout-out on our next episode. Oh, yeah, I'm hopeful for this. Yeah, this should be a good one, yeah. yeah. Let's see what happens there. It'd be, it'd be great to see if it find out there's a bit of a strong Dutch scene going on, wouldn't it? There is. I'd like to... There is someone in Sweden who's, who is down this in Umea, and they listen every time we release an episode. So, as a little side note, if that's you, let us know. Well, that's that's cheating. Oh, why? Well, because that's now we've thrown two cities out there. Double the amount of chance that someone will come back to us. Well, I suppose so, yeah. But yeah, they're never... really regular, like literally our, every our time pod- we release one. Oh, really? I've not noticed uh, that. I think it's uh, worth, a, worth mention. Well, there you go. Our podcast, our rules. So, yeah, give us a shout if you're in either of those two cities. Excellent. Right, shall we tell the folks what we're going to be talking about this week, then? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, the first segment, we're going to do a a community focus, and we're going to have a bit of a chat about the recent news, uh, the introduction of a new intellectual property to the Dice Masters family. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the press release, talk a little bit about the IP, and a bit of a chat about what we think it means for the game. Uh, and then our next segment uh, is kind of a part B to our global escalation chat in our last episode, where we're going to have a little bit of a natter about some more obscure wind conditions or a bit r- just kind of random wind conditions and, and have a chat about whether there's the possibility of something there. So we've kind of gone away and prepared one or two wind condition ideas to have a bit of a natter about. So we hope you enjoy. Yeah, is there anything else to say in the introduction now? Uh, no, I think we can uh, move on to the, uh, the rest of the episode. Right, okay, well, on to the next segment then. Let's do it. This is London Calling. Here is the news. Yes, welcome back, boys and girls. This is a community focused segment, and the big news in the world of Dice Masters this week was it this week? It was this week. It was on the 7th of September. It was three days ago as we record. As we record, yeah. It is that WizKids have secured a licensing partnership with the, what's it, World Wrestling Entertainment. Is that what the E stands for? The WWE? Yeah, I think is that, so. Is that right? If uh, extraordinary. No, it's entertainment, I'm sure. Didn't it used so, to be the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation? Yeah. Do you know why it changed? Because it was too similar to the uh, wildlife people. World Wildlife Federation. Is it Federation? They sued him, or they did. So they took him to court and got him to change the name. All oh, right. Okay. That is likely to be true. 
Well, there's 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 similarities, you know. Um, well, both involve cages and animals. A worldwide fund for nature. Apparently, WWF is actually with a little panda. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I'm familiar with the WWF, but I'm sure it used to be the WWF. Because yeah, didn't, did. didn't you tell me one time, actually, little known fact for listeners, <laughs> didn't you tell me one time that back in the days when it was the WWF, you you actually worked out in the states for a while for the World Wrestling Federation. You were responsible for buying the Undertaker's leather waistcoats. That is true. I, I bought a lot of the the costumes actually. Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose your expertise in speedos <laughs> was invaluable for yeah. for the WWF. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what a, another great career move that was out in where was that? Austin in Texas, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, challenging time in my life, but you know, I don't like to talk about it. No, okay, that's fine. Well, uh, we'll not we'll not take you to your dark past anymore, and let's talk about the press release. So, just a few key curious sentences that our listeners will be interested in. So, it said um, that uh, the Kids, leader in high-quality pre-painted miniatures and established board games, today announced a new multi-year licensing partnership with WWE, with plans to bring the organization's iconic superstars. That's with a capital S. Um, to the tabletop with successful gaming platforms, Hero Clicks and Dice Masters, as well as branded board games. So right out the gate, calling it out that Clicks and, and DM are going to be getting WWE superstars. I don't know what WWE superstars is. Do you know what that is, Andy? I know you, you've got a little bit of knowledge in this space. Um, I think it just relates to the people, the characters or the individuals, the actual wrestlers are WWE superstars. Right. So is it like um, I don't know, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like the WWE superstars? WWE superstars. Google it first. Yeah. Once again, folks, the height of broadcasting preparation. Example of radio professionalism at play here. Yeah, it looks like WWE superstars is a is a TV show. I think it's just like what they're called. So they're registered trademark. Right. It's like you have a, do you have like a pride of lions, a superstars of wrestlers, <laughs> a flock of birds. Yeah, sure. Sure. Look at that, dude. Crikey, O'Reilly. Well, it does. It does list a few names in the press release. It says the partnership will bring the likeness of popular WWE superstars, including John Cena, The Rock, Charlotte Flair, Roman Reigns. The Undertaker, in addition to WWE Hall of Famers, oh, Hall of Famers, there you go, uh, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin and Trish Stratus, to several gaming platforms, including Dice Masters. So, uh, I, I must be honest, I know The Rock and John Cena, cause, uh, mostly because of their acting careers. I've heard of The Undertaker, because he's just you know a famous WWE character. I feel like I've seen Steve Austin in a film... Was he in um, Sylvester Stallone's thing? Um, the well, what are they called? The 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 Incredibles, the Untouchables. The no, no, the, the uh, Expendables. Expendables, that's it. Let's have a quick look. Yes, he was in the 2010. The first one doesn't look like he made it into the others, though. Oof. Well, keep it spoiler free. That could be indicating something. So yeah, let's let's talk about what it means for Dice Masters, I suppose. After that little distraction, clearly, uh, 
you'd be f- fool not to realize from the conversation we've just had that I don't know a great deal about this as an intellectual property. What I do know, though, despite my own absence of fandom for it, is that it does have an enormous fan base. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of people who like uh, grown men walking around in their pants. Yes, well, once again, Andy, you, your expertise in that space I'll be calling upon for this segment. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's got a massive audience i know a lot of guys who are fans and i know when the announcement happened last week there was masses of discussion on the social medias in the various chat rooms and on facebook and such like it does seem quite a polarizing intellectual property more so than any other that dice masters has had before there's there does seem to be it's like the brexit of dice masters there's you know 50 percent are well up for it <laughs> Fifty percent are so not in. It's untrue. Lots of people going. Oh, that's it. The game's dead to me now. Wrestling dice masters. I'm out. And then another fifty percent are like, Oh my god, this is so exciting. Um, I can't contain myself. Not realizing now that they'll probably have a three-year wait for it to actually hit shelves. So yeah, it's particularly polarizing. I'm sit right in the middle there. I don't know a great deal about it. I don't begrudge anyone who does like the wwe it's just not my thing if it's their thing that's cool everyone's allowed their thing however what i am keen on is the idea that it does have an enormous fan base and it could be an attractive proposition to bring more new players to the game uh, and equally you know that's the, with warhammer 40k that's why i'm interested so much in the 40k is to see kind of what it does in terms of attracting new players to the game yeah i'm just having a look through this like the, the website for wwe there seems when i when i was a kid i used to like it and um, everyone was dressed up as a character. So you had like the uh, army man, Sergeant Slaughter. and Oh, I know Sergeant Slaughter. He was in the G.I. Joe movie. Oh, there you go. A, a British bulldog dressed up as a Brit with the flag. They wear their little unique selling point. This just looks like a lot of men who are dressed in many clothes and look a bit sweaty. Beards are quite popular at the moment. So there's quite a few of them with beards, but that's not really relevant. No, well, that's just the hipster thing that's in fashion right now, isn't it? I do feel yeah. like this, this segment's but yeah, slightly off the I'm <laughs> sure it'll be exciting. The question then, will they be doing art cards, or will they, we see the first photo cards in Dice Masters, so real-life photos on cards? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! was screenshots, wasn't it? Um, however, because it was a cartoon... It's still sort of fitting. Yeah, there, so there's an aesthetic thing here, isn't there? Yeah. I've always quite liked photo cards. I'd quite like if they did like the kind of limited edition Marvel ones and did screenshots from the films. I quite like stuff like that. It takes me back to like when you're collecting all the stickers for your sticker books. <laughs> well, sure. Although uh, my hope would be if, if anyone listened to our episode where we talked about our favourite and least favourite artwork, my hope would be that if they are going to take screenshots, they do, um, or, or stock images, they, they make some better choices than they did when it came to you. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's your, your exciting, you've been looking forward to your uh, uh, Roman Reigns cards. This is the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we've cut it cut it off at the top by the nose you know <laughs> but uh yeah it, it, it certainly might make the look of the game on the table a bit janky though mightn't it if you've got this sort of mix of uh, photo cards with wrestlers on it and then you've got your you next to your scarlet witch and your and your dragon it might look a little peculiar uh, again that, that that for me whatever i, I have 
reached the point now where the top half of the card outside of the affiliation and you know the cost has has sort of become a bit negative well actually i'm saying that out loud that's not true is it i'm I'm actually fibbing there because i am a comic book fanboy so i i do certainly like cards that thematically seem to the game text connects to the to the character somehow so actually yeah i'm probably i'm probably fibbing a little bit there but equally uh, i suppose what's more comparable in my dice masters experiences i'm not much of a dnd fan i'm not much of a Yu-Gi-Oh fan however you know i've collected those ips because i'm interested in the game and the game text and what they off- offer so while i'm not a fan of the wwe it's likely going to be a campaign box and team packs anyway so yeah. um if there are cards in there which I feel are team worthy and I want to mix them in, you know, in, in modern formats with with uh, my superhero stuff, and my D and D stuff, and my forty k stuff, then it's not going to be difficult to. Secure. It's not like I'm going to be chasing that super rare rock that's amazing that everybody wants, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Now I know him too. Yeah. Because didn't he have like a weird reality TV show? Did he? He did a few movies. He had the um, the blonde porn star Tash. Yes, that's right. That's an awesome Tash. Ripped his shirt off. Yeah, yeah, I sort of remember that guy. Uh, I've got a vague recollection. Was there a Scottish dude who used to play bagpipes? There was. Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's, he's dead, you know. Oh, dear. You know, he was the, the guy in the movie that said, what was the, the famous catchphrase from the movie? Uh, I'm here to... Uh, Apologies if I butcher this. Chew gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum. What's that from? Whatever movie he was in. (laughs) (laughs) Prepared it. We um, we are on top of this, mate. I only know it because uh, the IT crowd. He rips it off, doesn't he? I'm here to drink milk and kick ass. (laughs) I'm all out of milk. Richard Uardi. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, the guy used to do the um, Parker linings for. That's right, yeah. I certainly don't remember that film. That. I don't think I've seen the film, but I've, I re- recognise the, the saying. Sure. That's it. That's the only kind of identification I have with, with the wrestling, wrestling crowd. Yeah, as, uh, as I'm sure people can tell how riveted we are with the WWE IP. <laughs> yeah sure i mean all right, it? it is all right I, I don't know that as as a pair of dice masters podcasters i'm not sure we're going to be milking quite as much content out of the intellectual property as we have done say the comic book stuff where we've talked about artwork and comic book lore and uh, i don't know if uh, we've got the knowledge base maybe we'll have to get a little partner to come on um, and have a chat about that yeah maybe we're, or we maybe can... this is the start of something maybe this time in two well i say two months it's going to be out next year probably isn't it mm. it's going to be ages we'd have just got the 40k stuff <laughs> we'll set that um, yeah. oh, well that's another bit of big news community focus wise uh uk listeners uh, this uh, by the time this comes out next monday we should have avengers infinity Cree Invasion, Justice Like Lightning, and the Harley Quinn team pack on our shores. Hey, they must have filled up their container. Yeah, they must have filled up the container, yeah. <laughs> uh, dodgy as... copies of Bears vs. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, but anyway, this uh, that's a little side note, but this community focuses about the WWE IP. I'll tell you one thing I was thinking about with regards to this IP is that it clearly is yet another indicator 
of WizKids' commitment to the kitchen table Dice Masters player. Yeah, you're going to get people that are keen. You're going to get younger kids and apparently grown-ups who are into the WWE lore and background, and hopefully they'll see it on the shelf and pick it up as a as a one-off. Might not even buy anything more, but but have it and play with it. Yeah, just the 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 campaign box, a couple of team packs, you know, in a family or between a couple of friends who who don't venture out and play anywhere other than at home. Mm. So yeah, definitely as an IP, one thing that immediately sprung to my mind when I read it was, yeah, I, it it cl- is a clear indicator towards. So whereas we, the hardcore fan base, and certainly individuals like myself who were attracted to the game originally because of the comic book connection. Our wish list is very much about we want a Vertigo range, we want an Image Comics range, we want an you know a, a classic horror range, you, you know a Judge Dread range. Um, that's us in in deep with our, our comic book nerdery, but that doesn't seem to be the direction they've gone in. I, I do suspect, I do wonder, and, and this is open to debate, if the game's been out long enough and has put enough that much comic book content out that if you were a comic book hardcore guy who was interested in playing the game, you are playing the game. Yeah. It's not drawing in new players, even in spite of things like the, the, the Avengers infinity connection to the movies, for example. It depends on it. Well, I think there's always room for, for more people. Well, yeah. Certainly, I'm just. I, I'm, I suppose I'm just saying that if uh, the, they called out, Justin called out that there was a more of a commitment to the kind of board game, two-player. Let's just get together on the kitchen table, guys that are out there playing the game. Mm. Um, and this is an IP that is, to my mind, clearly aimed at that market. You know, it, it's it, it is firmly committed towards that market. It's, yeah. it's not been designed for the hardcore fan base who have been in it since day dot because of the comic book connection. Yeah. yeah. It's very father and son theme, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, which again, cool. yeah. I mean, again, that, that has its place. It, it does once again, beg questions around kind of what the future of competitive play for the game is and such like, um, well, there'll be a future as long as there's people who want to play it. Yeah, absolutely. But it was just something when I read the press release that sprung to mind. It's I did think, well, this is not an IP that is aimed at the mm. likes of me. You know, it's, it's clearly not been designed with me in mind. But then equally, <laughs> equally, if the WWE has approached WizKids, I mean, I don't know, you know, who went to who first in this. Um, WizKids would be fool to say no, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's good business sense. So it's, it's certainly an interesting interesting space for them to go to you wonder about the abilities because obviously like the wrestling is all fake so you're going to be like you're going to attack with your character it's not going to do any damage but your your opponent's dice are going to pretend to be injured for a little bit and then come back to life again (laughs) or you're going to rig the whole game in advance (laughs) and so you'll play this game but we know exactly what the outcome's going to be (laughs) and then your dad's going to hit you with a chair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> somewhere before the end yeah. your, uh, your your girlfriend who happens to also be a female wrestler will come on and start screaming in the face of your opponent <laughs> yeah and distract your mum what, what's, whilst, uh, <laughs> what, whilst someone holds a microphone nearby to catch it <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've probably made some enemies saying that 
Yeah, probably. But you know, it, all it is really is reflective of our our naivety and ignorance to what it's all about. Because yeah, it's, it's pantomime, isn't it? At the end of the day, that's that's actually underneath it all the attraction of of wrestling of well i suppose that american style wrestling because the i don't know over there but over here there's actually still legitimate kind of wrestling scenes is there i think it's the same i think because you the the americans go to school they do actual wrestling don't they where you have to do different pin poses and stuff oh yeah they do don't they yeah yeah i've seen that on telly yeah that's true actually yeah like the jock is is a wrestler yeah yeah that's true actually that AC Slater was in the wrestling team, wasn't he? Yeah. by the bell. That's about all of my knowledge. On, he was, uh, yeah. He used to wear like a leotard that. and a thing over his ears. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I mean, that. As you get better at it, you, you don't have to hit anyone anymore. Just stamp your foot as you go to punch him. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing ourselves any favours. But yeah, it's about the it's about the pantomime of it all, isn't it? It's the spectacle. People who are fans of wrestling are perhaps more interested to some degree in that in the feuds and the falling outs and the the um you know, the calling each other out in the ring with the microphone before yeah. you know, in between the matches, perhaps more so than they are actually into the match itself. Yeah, I, w- I wonder. I wonder. I'm I sure wonder. we'll find out. We will, yeah, and come out. I tell you who we'll be able to. We should ask uh, Dan or Joe on. They're big fans of, big fans of the the wrestling. In fact, they have a podcast of their own. Ooh, yeah, that talks about the wrestling scene. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, should but, ask him first, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, we will. But we've publicly called him out now. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, just just to do him a solid, let me just dig out the name of their podcast and we'll we'll give it a quick shout out so it's um if you go to twm.news twm yeah twm so if you are a wrestling fan and you're listening to this dan and joe there's a couple of podcasts on there but one of them is by dan and joe uh, good friends of ours well-known players on the uk scene go and give them a listen lend them your support Cool. All right. Well, I've about exhausted all my thoughts and feelings about the WWE. So somewhat indifferent about the IP, but excited to see whether it would increase the size of the player base and attract new players to the game. And, you know, ultimately, it's going to be some new game texts. It's always good to have new game texts. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we ended there. Did you know what happened? Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought that was the end. Yeah, that'll do is the end. Yeah. All right. On to the next segment then. <laughs> welcome back and here we are then for our third and final segment is it third or final segment do we count the intro as a segment um yeah it was long enough yeah they're getting to they're getting segment lengths aren't they the intros (laughs) maybe we'll have to go back to basics soon uh, but in any case, here's the third the third segment of this episode, and as mentioned in the introduction, this is kind of like a, a part B continuation of the conversation we had in our last episode concerning global ex- escalation. And we're going to talk a little bit about global escalation wind conditions right now. Uh, but there's a bit of context to that in relation to our last conversation. Andy, do you want to give the listeners a, a bit of an understanding as to why we're talking about this this week? Yeah, it kind of stems from mine and Chris's 
disagreement that global escalation, the, the win cons or the, the teams available in global escalation are still limited. Uh, true Mr. Cynic is of the opinion uh, <laughs> that uh, it's just going to be still a few teams that, that beat everything else. You might get rid of Bard and Uanti, but it's going to be replaced by Ultraman or similar uh, beholder so you're still going to have the same problem it's just going to be a, a different few teams that everyone plays at the top of the tree whereas i'm of the opinion that the whole field is opened up because you're not just without bard and you anti you're out you're without quite a few uh, different cards you know without oracle elf thief going back to wolverine the uh what was that again it was the double damage one uh, uh i want to say knuckle head uh, that was a super rare what was it? It was the rare. The, weapon 10? That's it, formerly Weapon 10. Yeah. Um, so you've got rid of a lot of these supercars throughout the last few years, and I think it's opened it up to uh, a hell of a lot of, of different team building, brewing, and, and making things that wouldn't have shined when you're getting taken down turn three, four from Bard, you ante. Especially now you're adding in stuff from a few years ago, so your UXM, your ABX, your, your Battle for Ferron in with your newer stuff so Avengers Affinity which will be here by the time people are listening to this uh, which I haven't really looked through yet uh, <laughs> and you know X-Men First Class Tomb of Annihilation which you've got loads and loads of cool cards in uh, and you're mixing them all up together and there's the the opportunity for a, a massive load of combos and, and and teams that could do really really well but we just don't know it yet well, yeah, sure, uh, and I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong. So, what we did following on, because Andy has basically just been bouncing me about my cynicism <laughs> over Facebook Messenger, is we kind of built a, a bit of a list of cards. We kind of just revisited all the card pool and started making a, a list of win condition cards or cards that had the capacity to deal damage somehow, and then picked a couple and tried to make a couple of teams around them and see if, see if we could make them competitive and see, yeah. if, there is, see if there is something there. Uh, so, so, I mean, the, where we're at. I would put a caveat in there that, obviously, with any fledgling team, it takes a while to to get them to that good point. So what we've got at the moment may not be top, top end, but it may be that it can grow into it with the right supporting cards. Sure. And time will tell. Time will tell. But that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? Uh, and we'll, we'll certainly have a few games with these and report back how our ideas have panned out. But we just thought you folks might be interested in hearing what we've got. So, yeah, so let's get into it. So shall I go first or would you like to go first, Andrew? Uh, you go first, mate. Age before beauty. Okay, sure. Well, uh, so I had a look through the list of win conditions that we made. And there was, there was one card that I'd had my eye on for a little while. So I was thinking in my head, what I did... I don't know whether this is a bit of a cheat or not, but I looked at things like the Bard, Lantern Ring, Limited with uh, Only by Imagination, and Yuanti, and thought, well, what what's kind of the B version, you know, the reserve bench version of those? <laughs> and one card that I've had my eye on for a little while that stood out to me was the Rare Pyro from X-Men First Class set. So I'll do the rundown. Pyro is, he's sometimes it's too hot to handle. He's a five-cost bolt. He's a villain and a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants affiliations. And his game text reads, Awaken, deal one damage to target opponent for each bolt in your reserve pool. Uh, and for anyone who's unfamiliar with Awaken, Awaken is uh, when this die spins up one or more levels, you may use this effect. And his stat line goes 0-3-1, 1-4-2, 1-5-2. 
So in my head, this is essentially a slightly more expensive, sort of, kind of, lantern ring. Yeah, I see that. In a way, a bolt, you know, like a bolt ring. So that's that's kind of what I've I've pinned my mask to. So the aim of the game there then in global escalation to make it a big winner is to maximise my bolt rolling capability and to put myself in a position to spin up pyro one two three four you know if you can get a few out in the field times to just deliver a couple of chunky blows a, fi- a couple of five or six blows to take your opponent out in say a turn or two. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Strong, yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's where I'm at with it. There's a, there's a couple of things I thought about. So with it being global escalation, my mind immediately went to Iceman. Too cool for words. I like that just because you've got too hot to handle and too cool for words. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, uh, that's a happy coincidence, but I'll take it. Uh, no, I, no, actually, I did that intentionally because it's amazing. Um, uh, Iceman is a five-cost bolt. He's an X-Men character affiliation from the Uncanny X-Men set. He's got a game text, but more importantly, what I focused on was the global, and I think many players listening to this will be familiar with his global. His global reads, pay a bolt to spin any number of your psychic dice to their bolt side. If active, move them to your reserve pool. So just immediately there, I, I picked that one out because it's an opportunity to turn my psychics into bolts. Yeah, that's that's kind of where where I was at with that. Um, then I went to the Chewinga as a bolt swarmer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've chosen. I've picked specifically the two cost one. This is from Tomb of Annihilation, and it's a two cost bolt, and it's swarm, and then he's got some game text on there. When fielded, when Twinger attacks, it gets plus one attack. When Twinger is KO'd by non combat damage, prep a die from your bag. But ultimately, the, the key thing there with that guy is that I'm looking to swarm up lots of bolts with the Twinger, so I want to get one out in the field, load the bag, bag up with the three, and help maximize my bolt potential. So that's my bolt generation machine for the damage. And then for spinning up, I've looked at a few options. Uh, I've not fully decided. I'm playing around with a few. But right now, the current iteration of the team is using the basic action focus power. Nice. Yeah, uh, although, actually, I must apologize to listeners because I'm using the promo version from the Green Arrow and the Flash set. So I I don't know where the original's (laughs) actually from. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, AVX, I think. Is it really? Is Is it proper back in the day, is it? Maybe I think so. Yes, it is AVX, AVX, yeah. AVX, isn't it? It is AVX. I've just had a quick peek on my side cat cat. Um, and that's it. That's a three-cost action, focus power, and the game text reads, spin target character die up or down one level, and then it's got a, a burst and a double burst that says, instead, spin two character dice up or down one level. So I'm just looking to fill up on focus powers, roll a load of chewingers and sidekicks, turn the sidekicks into bolts and then use the focus power action to spin up my pyros to deal the damage that's very cool isn't it? Uh, yeah and that's the core of the team there i've then just loaded up on bolt cards that i just thought might be useful so i've put uh, scarlet witch the common from x-men first class careful what you wish for three cost bolt there who's the uh, basic action interference while Scarlet Witch is active, during your opponent's roll and re-roll step, your opponent must re-roll any action dice that land on an action face and cannot re-roll any action dice on energy faces because uh, I'm very afraid of things like Captain's Cold cold Guns and uh, Kryptonites getting in my way, uh, blanking my pyro. 
Yeah, um, as well as any basic actions which might be causing you problems. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then I've dropped the super rare Malekith on there. 13th son of a 13th son, four cost bolt villain. Two reasons why this guy's on there. The first is his game sets. While Malekith is active, when you use an action die, you may add it to your bag at the end of the turn. So I'm just trying to get those focus powers back round super quick. And then his global is pay a bolt. Once during your turn, KO target character die you control. If you do, reduce the purchase cost of the next action die you purchase by two. So just to get those focus powers bought up quick and cheap. Cool. And the uh, pyro, is that a when fielded effect? No, it's awaken. Oh, it's awaken, of course, yeah. Yeah, which is the whole point, focus power to get it spun up. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking of if it was when fielded, knocking it out, but that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then just a bit of protection. So I'll put Kate Bishop, Hawking Bird, other known as Bistraction, with the new version of Blink Chance Mutate. And then I put Wonder Woman Reflections on there, who's while active when fielded and when attacked abilities are ignored. And I've paired up Wonder Woman there with Steve Trevor, Themyscirin Liaison. I think I pronounced that correctly. Because he's another bolt, three-cost bolt. And when Steve Trevor is KO'd, you may immediately purchase a Wonder Woman die for up to three less and prep it. Um, so he's he's just another bolt to fill up the team that's going to help me ramp to the Wonder Woman. He's good fodder for a Malekith. Yeah, and worst case, he's another bolt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's only got one defense, so he's easy to get KO'd and back in the prep area to hopefully roll for another two bolts next turn. Very cool. What's the bolt where you field it and then he does damage for the bolt characters? That might be worth. Firefly. Yeah, that might be worth having a yeah, so tinker looked, in that team as well. Yeah, I've looked at that. Some other things, some other options i played around with. So I looked at mutation as my spin-up option. You know, the, the global where you pay a mass to spin one dice down and one, di- uh, one dice up yep. level. Thought about playing around with that. You know, just get two pyros in the field and just start you know spinning them up and down like crazy i thought about focus power as an action and uh because uh, it's got the double burst on it maybe looking at the morph that uses double bursts when attacks yeah uh, to fire it off so rather than buying the dice maybe using the morph he's a mass character though i was trying to keep my bolt count high which is why i went with malekith in the end to buy it and use it um, and with I, the, the uh, morph as well because you'd always be on the double burst you'd always be get being able to Spin use two. it three times. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, that's something, you know, it all, all to be played for and tinkered with. These are the experiments that need to happen. I've looked at, there's some X-Men first class characters that allow you to spin characters up like Angel, um, that, that may be a direction I go in through the tinkering process. What else? There was something else I meant to mention. I thought I must mention that. No, it's fallen out of my head. But that, that's kind of where I'm at. So there's, there's still some directions to go and play around with to see how to make it most efficient. But my intention is to, you know, with two two Twingers rolled and, you know, a couple of sidekicks, I can get up to five or six damage with a Pyro. A Pyro on level one with a double spin on focus power could do 10, 12 damage. That's the hope. <laughs> yeah, that's the hope. Blinding. So there you go. There's, there's my attempt at... Finding a you know an outsider win come. Oh, very true, Mister Six as well with the direct damage. I'm nothing if not predictable. <laughs> right, my go. Sure, go ahead. Cool. So I was looking at Punisher War Journal. Oh yeah, okay. That was my starting point, which is I'll give them the rundown. Five cost fist with the Thunderbolts affiliation. Uh, when fielded, all other non-sidekick character dice you field for the rest of the turn game. Intimidate. When you field a character die with Intimidate, you may remove target character die from the field zone until the end of turn. 
and he is uh, stats wise is one four one one five two two six two. Interesting. So my thought with him was to get the collector out first, stock up on weenie characters when they're all in the reserve pool, collector in a Punisher for three, field load of other weenie characters. They'll have intimidate so they can take out anything opposing and uh, and then uh, steamroller over. Sure, yeah. So looking for a bit of board clear for your damage to get through. Yeah, so supporting with him, the one cost Kobold, Swarmer. Yeah. So we can get them all out nice and quick. Sure. He is Swarm, must attack if your opponent controls any adventurers. Who does that? At least one adventurer must block this Kobold if able. Also threw in the two-cost Swarmer Bateri Battle Stack, the common. Bateri Battle Stack gets plus one attack, plus one defense for each other Bateri Battle Stack character die in the field zone. Sure. So that's a hell of a lot of fists. So hopefully I'll have a fist to buy a Punisher or, you know, collector him in. Stayed on that fisty theme for other ones to try in with this team. Uh, the Ally Fast one Again, two-cost. Wrecker is a four-cost fist. The rare that does all the well, stop, shuts down any globals. There's not really many globals in this team, so it seemed like a, a good idea. Sure. Uh, Six-cost Venom Angelo Fortunato. He's mm. a, a six-cost fist. He's a nasty one. Yeah. Uh, read him out here. Whilst Venom is active, your opponent's non-fist characters get minus two attack and minus two defense. So if they've got a lot of characters. I can whack him out, and he's hopefully going to stop there being too many to intimidate out. Burst, your fist characters also get plus one attack and plus one defense. It seems to fit with all the other fisty goodness. Mm. And the global pay of fist to spin an opponent's character down one level. So uh, that seemed to fit in well if it was stuttering a bit. Haymaker for the global pay fist. Target character die gets plus one attack until the end of turn. Again, if there's swarming fists everywhere, there should be energy left over to, to pump whatever gets through and then I put Rip Punter's chopboard in because I ran out of ideas and it's good and it helps with the swarms in it because you can rip the first one in to get it out of the field yes yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah so that was my idea yeah interesting so you're of the opinion then that Imidate, Intimidate is a little overlooked it's certainly something that I've not really played around with sure and the the, if, the simplistic look of fielding a character getting rid of something opposite regardless of what it is is pretty strong you think capturing capture blob you can buy capture blob and whatever's captured is going to come back anything that's restricting you like the blob where you can't field or purchase that'll help unless obviously blob's done punisher their collector what other horrible nastiness is there out there it's plenty isn't there yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's things that can just sit there and cause you, like Wrecker. If someone's got a Wrecker and you want to do Globals, then regardless of its back end, what it is, what it does, if you can feel something and Intimidate, it's it's going away. Might be worth putting a second Intimidate, like a cheaper one, in there as well, just in case you know, someone blobs or does some kind of blanking nastiness on the Punisher. So there's a a second option to either collect her in to get rid or um, buy and churn through and field. But, yeah, cool options. I thought I'd play around with that, see how that comes on. 
Yeah, well, so that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing now is we need to give these teams a bit of a play and start our sort of tinkering journey. I think equally as well, they need to play each other, but then we need to start stepping up and putting the ultramans and fixits and nobbies of the world up against them to see if they can if they can stand up yeah definitely yeah yeah all right well very good well we hope you folks enjoyed hearing our little team brew ideas so this is one that we're going to revisit we're going to give them some games see how they go and then report back in a future episode to to let you know how that is is andy right are we going to find that there are some combos in here that are going to maybe give the the assumed big teams a little run for their money or am i right is it just a pipe dream are we chasing rainbows (laughs) 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 and that actually when it comes to global escalation as a format you know it is as i said in the last episode still very narrow at the top time will tell time will tell indeed the central european nets is going to be very interesting to see how that goes if people kind of stick with what they know or, or if they'll go for something outside the box and how well it does, yeah, that'd be a good indicator. And you'll probably be able to see all about that on the Brit Roller 6 blog by the time this episode comes out, I expect. One hopes. One hopes. We'll see if we can, if my information flows good from, from the event. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. Well, watch this space or listen to this space, as the case may be, and we'll let you know how we get on. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Ministry of Dice. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Give us a shout if you've got any thoughts on the global escalation teams that we've built or you'd like to get into a bit of debate and discussion with us over the WWE IP. Uh, I hope our fellow British players are getting much, much fun and enjoyment out of the influx of new cards that we've just received. So get in touch and let us know what you got going on with that as well. We'd love to hear from you. If you go to Facebook and search for the Ministry of Dice, you can find me on Twitter at BritRollerMr6. That's B-R-I-T-M-I-S-T-E-R-M-R-S-I-X. Uh, or you can go to BritRoller6.com and hit the Contact Us button on the homepage to send us an email. In the meantime, I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six. You sure about that? No, I wasn't for a moment then. No, you weren't. No. <laughs> no. And who have I've, you been? Who, who, I've been Andy, a.k.a. Hulkamaniac. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, until next time, folks, we'll be back in two weeks. Bye, bye, bye. anything that makes for good um, outtake material on that oh now you're asking I don't know that we have have we no we've been too uh, been too tight and professional I don't know what's that all about I don't know mate that was wrong I'm sure I'll find something maybe even this
<laughs> Sorry? Maybe even this. Maybe even this. Maybe even this. A discussion about the outtake for the outtakes. Take. That's a bit better. Go. That's a bit controversial. Yeah. What's that? That's not controversial. Deep. Mm. We're going through... Uh, it's like Inception. The layers upon layers. The dream within the dream within the dream. Is it is it the outtake or is it not the outtake? Or is it the outtake of the outtake? Who knows? Stay tuned. If you're some man, what the- M-O-D. M-O-D.